Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and teaching. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. Welcome to Destiny Encounter Moment with Bishop Patrick Morgan. This broadcast is brought to you by Destiny Temple of Adonai International Ministries, where we are committed to impacting our generation with the standards of Christ and influencing them to fulfill their full potential and destiny in Christ. Be inspired as you listen to the unadulterated Word of God. Now, today's message. I'm speaking on the subject led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Or you can title this message The Holy Spirit, your map or your guide. Asking the Holy Spirit, dash, your map. Or your guide. There are so many topics we can preach from the Bible. There are so many things about God we can speak about. But there is one thing we cannot afford to miss. That is the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? And the reason why I'm talking about the Holy Spirit is that none of us have seen God before. None of us have seen Jesus physically before. The only one who knows God, has seen him, knows him, is God himself. Birthed Jesus, walked with him, finished with him, and now with us is the Holy Spirit. He cannot be seen. He's real. Most of the things we see in this world are real than the things we see. So, for example, you cannot see air. It's real. Most of the things that you see today is dead. Tomorrow is not. You can see somebody physically. The next time you say he's dead, he's gone. So, physical things you see with your eyes can be changed. But the Spirit of God is constant. Can I hear the word constant? You see, everything we see here, you may see blocks, ceilings. All the architectural work you see here is led by the Holy Spirit. You can bring an architect here to build this church, but he can never build this way we see it because most of the thoughtfulness you see here is given by the bishop at times whilst he's sleeping, at times whilst he's praying, at times whilst he's walking. So somebody comes and says, how is this place like this? It is because the Holy Spirit is always speaking to him. May he speak to you. I say, may he speak to you. But there is a challenge in the body of Christ because we are confused whether the Holy Spirit should be our map or our guide. There's a difference between a map and a guide. A map can lead you to a place 
if you have it. But between a map and then you also need a guide who can also lead you to a place. I want to ask a question. If you have a map and a guide, I want to do some work here this morning. How many of you will choose the map? Can I see by hands if you want a map? Oh, okay. Many of you didn't do geography. How many of you want a guide? This is a good church. Put your hands together for the Lord. How many of you have used Google Map that times? They tell you that the place is here, but at the time you realize it's here. How many of you have realized that? That's a map. A map can be leading you, but he wouldn't let tell you whether you are entering a forest or a danger zone. All you have is a paper and yourself moving together. So you get to a place, it's a map, but you didn't know that there's going to be water. It's a map. It's just going. So when you have a map, you are in control and you are just moving. And so many of us have made the Holy Spirit a map in our lives. He's with us, but we are the one detecting what he should do. Please, the Holy Spirit cannot be moved around. Recently I thought about, we can send angels. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, we have to communicate with him. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. This morning, he's here. He's going to visit us. He's going to speak to us. He's going to touch lives. He's going to heal people. Hallelujah. When you have a map, it is good. Most of the people come from America and some of the developed countries and even from visitors. At times you see them with maps moving through town, asking questions all over the place. But it takes them a long time to find a place. And sometimes they talk to you on the roadside. Because at times what they are reading and where they are, there's a conflict. So they meet you at the junction and say, I am going to this place. And you tell them that, no, you have bypassed the place. Go back. He watches the map. Say, I'm sorry, but thank you. And then he passes there again. So many of us, that's how we are living our lives. We have a map. We are not seeing him as a guide. We see him as a map. And so we are moving around. And then we get to a place. Oh, I've missed my road. And then you turn around. And then you come back. And then you say, ah, if God is with me, why am I going in circles? Why are things not working? It is because you have made your guide a map. You have made your helper a map. You are detecting the pace yourself. So what he has done is that instead of him leading you, he is at your back. But he's supposed to be your guide. Anytime I travel and I want to visit sites anywhere in the world, I always pay a guide. Recently I was in Rome and um, when they picked me to the sites to go and visit the various areas, I asked them, I want a guide. And, I, and they asked me how much I will pay, so I paid the money. Because of course, if you are going alone, it's cheaper. If you are taking a guide, it's a bit expensive. But I realized that the guide tells, takes me to places where ordinary people cannot go. 
and then he speaks to me as an individual. And, and so when you get there, you see people are reading things on the screen, but the guy, I don't read. He tells me what it is. I remember in Rome, I met a lady around 75 years. He's an architect. And I said, take me to the Colosseum where the Christians were killed by Nero. And he took me there. And as we entered the stadium, in the first, this stadium was built thousands of years ago, over 2,000 years ago. But it seated at that time 73,000 people. So the world, there's nothing new under the sun. And he took me underground. He took me where the, 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 the empress is, when the lions come, where the, the gladiators fight. He took me because I had a guide. But those who came there and came with the map, I realized that they were walking through the place and they, they would turn. I had a smooth ride and came out. May your life be smooth. This life that we are living, we need to make the Holy Spirit our guide. I say our guide. I say our guide. In this economic turmoil, what the world is going through, if you don't have a guide, you buy something and realize that you bought a foolish purchase. You enter into an investment and realize that what you have done was because you need him to help you. You need a helper. That's why we have stockbrokers. That's why we have relationship managers. All these people are there to guide you. One of the things that we are struggling in this world as believers is that we have exchanged our guide for a map. But this morning I pray that you will leave this service making the Holy Spirit your guide. That he will lead you. I say he will lead you. In Romans 8, 14 to 16, the Bible says that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Didn't say as many as are led by a friend, a mother, a pastor. No, he said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, if you are led by the Spirit of God, then an instruction from your pastor will not be burdensome. I'm trying to help you while we are struggling. If you are led by a friend, or you are led by television, or you are led by your mobile phone, or you are led by Facebook, then... Everything in the house of God becomes a problem to you. But if you are led by the Spirit, just as your pastor or your bishop, then when he's giving an instruction, it's like you know it already. You know that's what you have to do because it's a guide and you are just going through that guide. So as many as are led, are led. I say are led. It's a big world, I'm telling you. When you are young, you think the world is very small. How many of you thought that? You told your mother that when you, you buy airplane until you grew and realized that it's very expensive. I don't know if you realize that. Yes. And normally you say that when your mother has given you food to eat and you are very, very happy. You say, Mommy, I'll buy you an airplane. Even Ghana can buy it. The whole Ghana. Because when you are young, your, your world is your home. Then when you grow, then you begin to hear, they say, hey, there's a place called um, Burkina Faso. There's a place called Togo. There's a place called Votary National. Then I said, no, the world is huge than you thought. And because the world is huge, you need a guide. I say you need a guide. 
at the age we find ourselves, many of us, though we have parents, our parents are no longer our guide. Not that they don't speak into our lives. We have reached a certain state in life where mommy and daddy used to say, oh, dude, now, no. We have to now live our life. So God gives you a pastor. But the pastor can only lead you when you yourself, you are led by the spirit. Otherwise, it becomes a tug of war. It becomes a struggle. Verse 15, it says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Lift up and say that I'm no longer afraid of the future because I have the spirit of God. But ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby ye cry, Abba, Father. You have been adopted. When you come to this house, though you have a father and mother, the Lord has adopted you. So you see that the bishop has adopted you. By the spirit of God, which is working, you have been adopted. You feel at home. You feel like family. At times, you even feel that this is where you belong. Not a feeling, but that is what it is. Because when you are born of the same spirit, I tell people that blood is thicker than water. But spirit is thicker than blood. Because it is when we are redeemed by the blood that we are baptized into the spirit. Are you with me? When we are born again, we are redeemed by the blood. We are washed with the water. Then we are baptized in the, that's the third level of relationship. So a spiritual relationship, that is why covenants are very, very important. I think these days, um, we stop. But many years ago, a lady would meet a young man and then they would they will, do they still do it these days? It used to be there some time ago. I don't know whether people still do it. They will cut themselves small, pin themselves, then they will mix their blood, and then they say that will be forever. You are sick. Because at that time, you have not developed a lot of things in life. Now you go on a little man and say, no, your classmate in SHS that you did that with, you realize that now you see somebody who is better than him, or somebody who is better than her, but you have done blood. I've done a covenant. Now, the blood was physical, but what you spoke becomes what? Spiritual. And now, it's going there. And it depends on what you did. But thank God that you have been born again. The blood of Jesus is thicker than any other thing. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. The reason why I'm talking about the Holy Spirit is that his absence brings dryness. You become very dry. You come to church, praise this time, everybody is singing, but you don't feel like singing. Somebody shares a testimony, everybody is clapping, you are not clapping. You look at your time every time you are in church. What time are we? You are dry. His absence brings dryness in your life. You are in church, you smile, but beneath the smile, you are dry. You are not a happy person. His absence brings lack of zeal. There's no zeal. You used to be in the choir. You used to be in the prayer ministry. You used to be the first to come to church. You used to invite people. But his absence takes away your zeal. Now, you don't invite anybody. It doesn't, nobody cares to you anymore. It's about me, myself, and I. His absence 
brings a lack of zeal. There's no zeal anymore. You have to be called, pushed, coerced to come around, to fast, to pray. When you see these things, it means that you are changing from a guy to a map. You are detecting the pace now. His absence brings formalities. But we have closed. We came for service. We have closed. So immediately we say, Amen. You are out of the door. Because the house of God is not a place you want to be. You have other things you want to do. David said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. You cannot stay in church even five minutes because he's, he's not there. He's become a map. He's no longer a guide. You are living your own life and he's not playing any role. So he's at your back. Then you lack passion. Whatever they ask you to do, you will do. But the way you do it is better somebody else does it. When the Holy Spirit is not in focus of your life. He's become your map. The Holy Spirit is eternal and co-creator with the Father and Son. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, we say in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was that form and void. And darkness was upon the surface of the deep. Verse 2 says, and the earth was without form and void and the darkness upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit in your life brings activity. It brings movement. It brings action. Hallelujah. It brings power. It brings excitement. It brings motivation. There is always a move. Can I hear someone say a move? Say it again. When the Holy Spirit is in your life, you always are doing something. It's, it's, it's like you are a man of activity. The Bible says, the Spirit of God came upon Samson and he moved from Zorah to Esther. And he said, and, and he moved. When the Spirit of God comes upon your life, you move. I said, you move. He said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. When it comes, you begin to move. You don't become static anymore. You don't sit anymore. They don't tell you what to do anymore. Because he is your guide. He said, I will be with you through the fire. I will be with you through the waters. And the rivers will not drown you. Can I have an amen? He is with you. The Holy Spirit is the testimony of Jesus. In John 14, 26, and John chapter 16, verse number 13, Jesus has physically been with his people. And he was about to leave. He had done many miracles. But the Bible says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. That's why I said that when the Holy Spirit comes. You begin to move. You begin to do things. You begin to do evangelism. You begin to do follow up. You begin to make things work in your life. Uh, let, let, me, let me even use this experience. And I think some of you. Uh, it will help you. I want to use your physical life. Your own life. There are times. 
you have things in your home you have not washed for about two weeks. No fear, and I say, I want to help you. And at time you realize that you are the one that is left is the one you are wearing. How many of you have gotten that point before? Please, can I see by hands? Yeah. No, it's normal. It's part of life. You know you have to wash, but you just can't wash. So you see, so you wear, you wear. Then you realize that no, what I'm wearing is the last one. When you get to that state, realize that nothing, and I'm showing something to you. You realize that at that point, there's nothing exciting about life anymore. You get up, you wear something, you go out, your room is scattered all over the place, your books are lying down. The only thing you can see is your money. Because your money is in your purse. You have to go out and come out. But you come to church all right, but you can see that everything in your room is messy. And it's like you are no longer in control. Now, I'm using that illustration to help you to see how your life is when the Holy Spirit is not a guide. Then all of a sudden, when you have a stare, can I say say a staring? Maybe from one all night, like this morning, the Lord is about to touch somebody's life. Something that you have not been able to do, you will be able to do. A vision that you have thrown away, you are able to pick it up again. A door that is closed is about to be opened again. Something that you dreaded, you are able to overcome it again. But all of a sudden, when your spirit becomes alive, and your spirit becomes a quicken. You go home and you gather all the dirty clothes. You take it outside. You do cleaning. They ask you, are you expecting a visitor? No, I'm not visiting a visitor. My house must be clean. I am now having, can I speak to somebody this morning? Something is changing about my life. So you begin to work out, clean the louvers, do a lot of work. And from morning to evening, you begin, it is a reflection of who you are usually. Your environment is a, flex, a reflection of what you are going through. When you see these things happening in your life, your books are here, your dress is here, your, your trousers is here, and all that scattered all over the red, it's a reflection of what you are going through. You are not, your life is not in, am I helping somebody? But when he comes, he brings order. He brings clarity. Peace the empire. Become peaceful. You become self-awareness of you. You become aware of yourself. All of a sudden, you realize that he asks, can I hear somebody say value? value. Say it again. Value. He asks value to your life. So you look to your room, you clean the place, you put a little perfume here, you spread the whole place. Nobody told you to do that. Because he has moved from a map to a guide. of the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things. He will teach you how to live. He will teach you how to work. He will tell that today is fasting. In fact, time he will speak to you and he said, don't eat. How many of you have experienced that before? And when he says don't eat, don't eat. Normally it's a day, it's a, why shouldn't I eat? Something may happen at 4 p.m. or something may happen, but he wants to prepare you ahead of times because he's your guide. He said today, don't don't eat, just pray. He's your guide. That's the time to people who bring you cake, fried fish, and all that. 
Are you with me? When you are fasting, all the things that you desire in life, that is the day they bring you gifts. Are you with me? I love fr fried fish because Jesus loves fish. I like fried fish. I always have fried fish at home. In the evening when I have nothing to eat, I eat fish and bread. I say, Jesus, let's eat. He shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Jesus leaves. He said, I want to give you the comforter. Your helper. He will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. I say he will teach you all things. I say he will teach you all things. I say he will teach you all things. I know what I'm talking about. I say he will teach you all things. I said, I preach and say, when Jesus was dying, they didn't call him a miracle. They called him Rabboni. They called him teacher. He taught us God. The Lord taught us that when we sin, we will die. The law taught us. You know, the law is a great and a brutal headmaster. The law never helps you. No matter, some of you are trying to live the Christian life. We don't try the Christian life. Please don't try it. If you want to try to, you will fail. And you fail, absolutely fail one. The law. If I do this, then I'll be. That's, that's the law. Jesus, between the law, he put the law and gave us grace. Grace means that, allow me now. Be in me and I will live the life in you. That's why we are struggling. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are not a child of God at all. So the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. He leads our lives. So in John 16, 13, in John 16, 13, the Holy Spirit now, happy when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into how many truth? Into how many truth? Oh, he will guide you. That's what I'm saying. Is he your guide or your map? He doesn't want to be a map. He wants to be your guide. He wants to be with you. He wants to lead you. Come to me. You see, your guide is like, he's always with you. You're about to, maybe there's a gutter. It makes you jump. But when you have a map, a map doesn't show gutters. There's not too much space for a map to show you tones and traps and landmines, and traps, and nets. Maps don't show you that. Guides. When you get there, all he's doing is that he wants to take you to where you are going. May you reach your destination. I say, may you reach your destination. The reason why many of us cannot be led is because we are following a map and not a guide. So, Bishop, of course, you will come to church or you will not come. Then it's like five minutes, you are discussing whether you will come or you will not come. Um, there's going to be a program. You are supposed to do something. And when that happens, he has a guide and you have a map. 
Now he has to speak to you until you drop your map and pick the guide. And many a times, you even hold the map from your house to the church. It's when you enter the church that he's speaking that you drop the map and pick the guide. From today, may you have a guide. I say, may you pick the guide. Your guide is always with you day and night. When you are sleeping, it's with you. When you are running, it's with you. When you are eating, it's with you. So quickly, let me take you through what the Holy Spirit does when he's leading. Number one, as I said, he brings movement. He brings movement. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. He brings movement. He brings activity. He makes your life agile. You become exciting. You become lovely. There are some times you come to church, you are down. He will give you the spirit of gladness. The spirit of joy. The garment of praise. He brings movement. Number two. He gives you the right spirit. There are different spirits. He emphasizes the right spirit within you. There's something called the right spirit. In Psalm 51 verse 10. We see when David sinned against God. And that's one of the things I want to talk about. One of the things that makes us make the Holy Spirit a map in our lives is when we sin against God, number one, or when we become doubtful of what God wants to do in our lives, or when we lose focus, or when we, 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 we have no longer desire to serve the Lord, then our attitude begins to change. And then other spirits take over our lives. So there's a create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew. Can I hear someone say renew? A right spirit within me. There's something called the right spirit. Lift up and say, Lord, renew the right spirit of worship, of prayer, of service, of giving, of tithing, of fellowship. Of evangelism. Give the Lord some praise. It's the right spirit. If you don't have the right spirit, what happens is that everything that is said, you begin to argue about it. Because see, there's another spirit working in your life. Oh, why don't we postpone it? Bishop said we'll have a fasting. We just came out from one. Why don't we make it next two months? When you start doing all those, but you don't know what else is going on. God wants to give you the right spirit because the right spirit gives you the right place. The right place leads you to the right destination. The right destination leads you to the right promotion. The right promotion brings what you desire. You must be at the right place at the right time. You need the right spirit. When you are in comforting opinions, tell the Lord, Lord, give me the right spirit. You don't know what it is, the Lord, the right spirit. Because something says this, something said that. You need the right spirit. The next thing about the Holy Spirit is that he's the spirit of grace. The spirit of grace. 
That's one of the things we have missed in the church. I keep on saying that one of the things we don't pray for in the church is grace. Because we assume. And I'll come to, because without grace, you cannot even apply faith. Can I hear somebody say grace? grace. Say it again. Grace. Shout it. Grace. Shout it again. Grace. Say it again. Grace. The reason why I make you shout is that I want your spirit to hear that you are saying it. Say grace. grace. From today, one thing I want you to pray about when you leave here, pray for the spirit of grace. It's a spirit. It is grace that makes somebody you are better than do well than you. That's why you don't need to be envious. It is grace that makes somebody you are more beautiful than married before you. It is grace that makes a certain man who is not handsome to have a very beautiful lady. It's grace. Because at the time you watch it and say, did the lady see properly? Yes. She saw properly. She had my tea pie. Can I get a shout one more time? <laughs> Can I hear someone say grace? This lady, the way he is, says, ah, me, I didn't think that she can even marry you. Can, can I hear the word say grace? grace. I spend at times an hour, grace. Grace. Begin to pray right now. Carlos Tibra, grace. 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 The spirit of grace. It's an unmerited favor. Raste kava, lestrefa lo. Reno kifisa pa le re kaba straka ba kaba le re le resto kaba le setalo le re malokaba grace law grace law grace law grace law grace law one of the reasons why you are something that you feel you deserve it you don't stop being full of yourself for everything that you are called to do, there are better people than you. Today, I want you to put it in the back of your mind. I am aware that there are better pastors. I'm aware. You need that consciousness in your mind. There are better people God can use. But he chose you. He chose me. Give him some praise. Grace. You see, if you understand life like that, a lot of things begin to change in your life. When you begin to feel that, oh, I am the one. Why didn't they call me? That is the why God won't use you. That is why he won't choose you. He will never choose you. Because he wants you to be empty. So that he can fill your life. And they said, we will not sit until he comes. Grace. Eight children. They said, let's wait for the last born. The beginning. He's the beginner. Grace. Or merited favor. It's the spirit. But the church has missed it. We are carrying the map. 
We are using the law. We are trying to force our way through. And so we decide when we will do it and how we will do it. But if you know that it's by grace, if you know that you are what you are by grace, then when you are called, it's a privilege. When you are asked to do something, you know it's a privilege. But when you feel that it is you who is doing it, then you have a problem. And God looks at you and says, this is how far I can take you. This is what I can do. You need grace to marry. You need grace to finish school. You need grace to work. You need grace to live. I'm telling you. When God shows you favor, or merited favor, everybody says you don't deserve it. God says you deserve it. Now think about your life. Look at your family. Some of you, some of your brothers and sisters are not able to tell why you are the way you are. Because you ate the same food. You slept in the same house. But your life is so different. And there have been a drastic change about your life. They are not able to explain it. We call it the spirit of grace. You didn't clap for that. It's a spirit of grace. But I want to help you. It's been happening, but for a long time, you don't know what it is. He said, I'll have compassion on whom I want to have compassion. And I'll show mercy to whom I want to show mercy. Mercy because grace. When God shows you, mercy is extreme kindness. God looks at you in the family and says, let me pick her. Let me pick him. He has shown you extreme kindness. Now, when he shows you that kindness, then he puts what we call unmerited favor upon you. So, in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, he said, I will give you the spirit of grace. 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 Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. And I will pour upon the house of David, upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have cursed. And they shall mourn for him as one mourner for his own son. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is bitterness for his firstborn. And I will pour upon the, spirit, the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace. And supplication. So you even need that grace to let you know how to pray and what to ask for. And many of us are struggling in life, but it is time this issue of Lord give me five thousand to start the business. These things they are not prayer. Some of the things you pray is not prayer. It's somebody under frustration, and somebody who is apprehensive, who is asking. That's not prayer. But one hour you lock your door, spirit of grace, makalo, grace, kabale, resti kaba, spirit of grace, oh, spirit of grace, spirit of grace, for by grace are you saved through faith, makalo, oh, spirit of grace. Now, there's something you need, and if you look at all the things you are looking for, there is no way it's going to work. But when the spirit of grace comes, you just get a call. You see, because, you see, now, God is not using your qualifications anymore. Can I speak to somebody this morning? 
is out of touch. Beauty is out. Qualification is out. Amount of money is out. All these things are out. Now God says, okay, fine. Now that the world system is by qualification and all these things, you are asking for the spirit of what? Grace. So now, let me do something about your situation. I'm going to bypass all those who have qualification. I'm going to bypass all those who think they are something. Because you have asked for grace. You have told me that I should show you unmerited favor. No. I mean, and that's all that you are asking for. Mark Lord, the spirit of grace. The spirit of grace. It may be a contract. It may be something you are expecting. And you say, I mean... I mean, and, and it's like you are full of yourself. Say, Why not me? I am better than her. Am... God has no use of you. In this kingdom, grace rules. This kingdom, grace. This kingdom we have come in is grace. There are, when you live a little longer on this earth, there are things you will never be able to explain. Why somebody has something and you don't have? Why somebody, you think and think and think. I'm showing you what it is. It's grace. And if you can learn to pray in that spirit, the spirit of grace, maybe there's something, Lord, the spirit of grace. The spirit of grace. For the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. The spirit of grace. We pray for everything material except the spirit of grace. And when the spirit of grace comes upon you, now the Holy Spirit now begins to orchestrate your mouth. And now he brings you to the presence of God. And you begin to, then you see that, ah, now, and I hear people say, oh, but I didn't ask for it. It was grace. Yeah. <laughs> I'm explaining what it works. He said, he said, but it wasn't something I was expecting. It was what? Grace. Why didn't, this person, I thought he was the one who should have had it too. No, yes, we know he's better than you, but it is God that gave you this one. It's also what called what? Grace. You see, the spirit of grace is what makes you humble. It changes everything about your life. I want you to leave this place having this in mind, the spirit of grace. When it comes upon you, it changes everything about your life. Now, there's a for, I am crucified with Christ. And the life that I live, it's no longer I that live it, but Christ that liveth in me. So now the life that you are living, every step of your life is on common favor, on common grace, on common ways, on common path. Everything that you have, people say, but why is she or he the one? It's because the spirit of grace is at work. For the young men do faint, they grow weary. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They wait upon the Lord in grace. The grace of God. When the spirit of grace comes upon you. I want to show you what happens. You become afraid. There's, a, there's another working with God. I pray that you get it. I see somebody is talking to you. Sit down. Hopefully. When the spirit of grace comes upon you. Respectfully. As if, as if somebody is talking or somebody is behind you. As if when you speak, they can hear what you need. It begins to. And I know, I'm speaking about what I've testified. There are sometimes I can just speak in my mouth in my car. And there was some that I just get a call. 
When you see me weeping in prayer, it's not because I'm asking for something. I am surprised how God can know what I need at the time he brings it. And at the time when I remember it, I start crying. I said, you are too quick than I thought. You are too on time. Because now, it's no longer about me. Lift up your hands. Say, Holy Spirit, I am back again. He's the spirit of grace. He's coming upon somebody right now. I hear somebody say, I am tired. I have fasted. I have prayed. I have done everything. Now I am tired. The Lord sent me to tell you that what you need now is grace. You've reached a point of grace. Stop looking at yourself as if you have something. He said, now, where you have reached... I want to now show you favor. If you can accept that I show unmerited favor. Not because you deserve it, but I choose. So come before the Lord. Your grace. Le remasukaba. Retostiki bataba. Ile Cresto flanti palele setalo. Na quan destre palalelo. A livrano selegrando se vle caba. Ye capa ragabaca. Recaba. Lift up your hands with me wherever you are. I don't want to leave your presence just as I came. I don't want to leave your presence just as I came send your